Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show. So you are very welcome to the debut episode. This show has been months in the planning and I'm absolutely thrilled to finally go live and to bring you what is going to be a fantastic episodic piece of content on YouTube, Facebook and on your favourite podcast platform every Wednesday. I'm committed to producing and delivering 52 shows in the next 12 months and I want you to join me. Hello to you if you're tuning in on YouTube, hello to you if you're tuning in on Facebook and a big hello if you're also tuning in and watching the replay, replay later on. Let me first let you know what you can expect from the Public Sector Marketing Show apart from the fact that it's going to be weekly and I have to show up weekly. So I have structured it in a way that you are going to get immense value from it. So every week the show will have a particular theme and that theme will run right throughout the 30 to 40 minute episode. I'll start by priming uh, the topic with Joanne's column. I'll then go into consulting and this is where I go deeper and you can just pretend that you're my client and I'm giving you free consulting advice. After that, we either have a set of case studies to show you examples of that topic in action and being implemented or we'll actually have an interview with a guest. It's going to be a public sector professional from right across the world or it could be an industry expert. The show is also going to give you a free resource. So there's something free to give away in every single episode. The show, while going out on a Wednesday on Facebook and YouTube, you can catch it if you're a podcast listener on Thursdays from 8am. As a former broadcast journalist, podcasting and audio is my favorite type of content to consume. So if you're like me, you can go find us on your favorite podcast episode and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I also want to celebrate this show and every week we are going to have a competition, right? So I'm going to have a giveaway and you can see behind me, we have a lots of uh, goodies to give away. Um, you can call me the public sector marketing influencer if you want. So here's what's in my gift box. We have a copy of my book, Public Sector Pro. It was named in 2020 by Book Authority, one of the best PR books of the year. I'm also giving you a, way, giving you a chance to win a copy of the State of Social Media and the Public Sector Report, the Ireland Sample from 2020, an audit of over 500 organizations, over a thousand social media profiles. By, this is a paid for report, but I'm giving it away. You'll also get a copy of my ebook, and that's called Mastering Social Media in Government and Public Sector. It's a book of essays 
from those working on the front line of social media in government and public sector. I'm also going to give you one of our new merch uh, notebooks, our pen and our face mask for the times that we're in. Uh, and it has social media for good in it. Also on top of that, we are going to give away every single week 50% off a course of your choice. And in this debut episode, you'll hear about our three signature accredited courses. So that's what you can expect over the next year and beyond. I'm going to show up every week. I've committed to it. I've put in the work. I'm planning the content. And if you're interested in, in being a guest on the show, simply drop me an email and get in touch. So that's what you can expect. Let's get into this first episode. It's been a great way to start the year with a win. I found out two weeks ago that Digital Training Institute, the parent company of Public Sector Marketing Institute, had been bestowed a national award. So we were announced as best online social media trainer in Ireland for 2021 by EU Business News. Now that's quite an accolade. Um, I didn't submit a nomination actually. I was nominated for the award. So it's really great to get that sort of accolade from the industry. I've been delivering social media training since 2008 and I've been delivering it online since 2013. So you know, what, what is success? Success is hard work that doesn't come overnight. It comes over many years of work. So I want to pay tribute to the thousands of people that I have trained over the past decade and to the organizations and to the companies who've trusted me and my team. Um, Jamelia in particular, who's, who's tuning in from Cape Town in South Africa, um, has been the backbone to us delivering um, and creating some amazing content. Um, and everybody always gives us credit about uh, the branding and the graphics. Well, I can't take any credit for that. That goes to Jamelia. So again, to celebrate our win, and I think it's important, what I'm going to do is for the month of February, we are actually giving you a free place. So when you book one of our courses in the month of February, even if it's for a course later in the year, you can take a colleague along for free. So even if you booked your course in January, come back to me and we will honor that offer. So there you go, lots to talk about, lots to give away, lots of knowledge to learn with the Public Sector Marketing Show. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. So what is today's debut episode all about? And I'd really love your feedback and your comments on this. It has to be said, I'm probably starting with somewhat of a divisive issue. Um, and the topic for today's show is how to become a social media influencer in government and public sector. There's been much written about how perhaps 
politicians in particular are attempting to be social media influencers and maybe some people looking down on them. But you know what? I call that social media snobbery. I, for one, believe that we not only need social media influencers, but it's absolutely vital. So let us first explain what a social media influencer is in the public sector. For me, they're an avid user of social media. They have an appreciation for it. They recognize that social media is mainstream media and it's a critical part of the digital communications toolbox. They've also established their credibility in their own niche, in their own sector. So from a public sector point of view, it could be higher education, local government, national government, science, health, marine, policing, defense, the list goes on. So they have established a niche and a tribe online. They have access to a tribe of social media followers that when they speak, their followers listen. They're curious as to what they're going to say. They are inclined to listen to them and also to share their social media posts on whatever platform they're following them on. They also then share what they've learned with their colleagues or with their family members and with their friends. So the viral opportunity with influence on social media is real. If you are on Instagram or YouTube and you follow some individuals that you are fond of who blog or vlog uh, or tell stories about a particular topic, you'll understand that concept of influence. But it's really, really important in government and public sector, especially in 2021, when the number two trend this year on social is the increased spread of disinformation. Influencers in government and public sector are also trusted. People know and look to them as being subject matter experts. When they express their opinion, people stop and listen they respond to them. They're very much engaged in what's happening on social around their particular topic. And they're also very keen to share their knowledge, share their advice, and also engage in conversation online. So I wanna ask you a question. Are you a public sector or government pro? Are you on social media? Did you ever consider the fact that you could be, or indeed from my perspective, should be a social media influencer, that you have a really important role to play in public interest messaging. Because after all, there isn't a commercial win for you guys like there is in the traditional influencer. The win for you is trust and transparency. And you've heard me say this millions of times before, and I will continue to say it. Trust and transparency is the number one currency in the digital age. So, Influence matters on social media. You own the truth of what you are talking about on social. You're inside the boardroom. You're inside the corridors of power within your agency, department or organisation. You know where the lines of communication are drawn, what can be publicised and what can't. Let's face it, in the absence of subject matter experts and those owning the content and telling the truth, we have vacuums on social media. And this actually then spreads disinformation. Traditional communication has evolved also. It's no longer the gift of the traditional media and 
some of the media definitely disagree with me on this point, but that's absolutely fine. It's no longer in the gift of traditional media to simply be the vehicle or the key platform to communicate public interest messaging to the public. I used to be a journalist. I've got a master's in journalism. I understand the industry, the discipline, and what journalism is all about. And we need uh, a free and an independent, strong media in every country in the world right now. But you have to remember that traditional media has evolved. It's been disrupted in the digital age. And the public expect to gain access to the leaders and to the subject matter experts on their favorite social networks. If we remind ourselves what Barack Obama said back in the White House in 2009 when he became the 44th president of the United States, he said, we need to learn to deliver public services, not how we want to deliver them, but how the public expect them. So consider the evolution of traditional comms. Being active and influential on social media demonstrates also that you care and that you're listening and that you're engaged in the concept called social listening. I know you may be getting social listening reports from your digital communications team, but as the great GAA line goes, nothing beats being there. When you are engaged in social media, when you are on a platform and listening yourself and watching to conversation, you get a real sense for the public mood and to take the public temperature. And I think that is a vital part of every government and public sector professional's job, especially when you get to senior leadership role. So that is the main content of today's column. And so I want to put it out to you. Do you agree the public sector pros should be influencers on social media? Do you know a social media influencer in your sector? Are you trying to encourage, persuade uh, your senior leader to be more active on the social networks and to bring their voice online? Send me a tweet to Digital, and let's continue the conversation over there. Now to the next section of the show. So we've had the column. We've also had an introduction to social media influencers in government and public sector. Now I'm going to give you some consulting advice. So this is the part of the show where I go in and I look to you, the viewer and the subscriber and the listener to the show as my client. And so Stick with me here as I, as I give you some of, of my advice. Let's take a look at uh, perhaps some stats. This is a study from August 2019, and I know it relates to traditional social media influencers, and it looks at the activities and the behavior of Gen Zs and millennials. And so according to Global Web Index, they said that 22% of Gen Z and 20% of millennial internet users in the US and in the United Kingdom had made a purchase by an influencer or a celebrity based on a social media post in the previous month. Now, you totally could argue with me that, Joanne, how can we compare you know, fast-moving consumer goods and celebrity influencers with government and public sector? Well, I truly believe that the behaviour of younger audiences such as Gen Z and millennials is 
definitely changing. And I think anyone that dismisses the concept of social media influence and you being able to influence outside of traditional PR and outside of traditional media, I think is wrong. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. And I would also welcome yours on, on any of the social networks and, and let's join this conversation. But behavior is changing. All the social networks are looking at the behavioral data of their users from TikTok, Facebook, even Google in terms of the biggest search engine in the world and owning YouTube. They are looking at behavioral data and that behavioral data then pushes them to change features or introduce new features in the social networks. So never ever dismiss behavioral change. These are two articles from uh, Irish media in the past number of months. And the media often talk about social media influence and government and public sector. I don't, if I'm honest, find much of it online elsewhere, but I wanted to, to, to touch on, on these two articles. The first one is, covers the story of a Fine Gael TD in Ireland, Neil Richmond, and he calls on the government um, of which Fine Gael is part of government, to pay social media influencers to create COVID-19 public health messaging content on their social networks. This was published in various media outlets. Um, and so the point there was probably an acknowledgement that younger demographics are influenced by their peers. I totally agree with Deputy Richmond, but I also I'm of the opinion that we should not just outsource influence. This is not a single solution. Paying money, asking young people to tell other young people that they should wear their mask, wash their hands, social distance, um, and not go on holidays if it's not an essential trip. We really need our senior leaders to step up because if you're a politician, you are the person that has been elected to represent the people. You need to be front of screen and you need to be sharing that message. If you are a civil servant, if you are a senior leader in a public sector agency, it is in your remit to communicate important public health messages. And so again, I do not think that we can delegate or we can outsource uh, social media influence. The second article is from the Irish Independent and by the journalist Ellen Coyne. Um, this was kind of like a, an, a, an opinion piece, a column type article. Um, and she talks about our, the Minister for Further and Higher Education, Innovation and Science, Simon Harris, former Minister for Health. So the Irish viewers will understand that Simon Harris kind of won the hearts and the minds of the Irish people when COVID-19 arrived on our shores in March 2020. But how I want to come at this point is that Simon Harris showed up. Simon Harris showed up every week and more recently he's showing up almost every day on Instagram. And while journalists and other commentators might slag the minister off or say, you know, he's never going to be a real, a real Instagrammer. He, we know that he shares a birthday with a sister and we know he's got a daughter. We know he likes to bake um, all of those things we learn from Instagram. But what it's doing is it's showing us the person behind the politician. 
And that, my friends, is very human. It's, it's very important. It's the human connection. It's P to B. It's people to people. So the next time you see a public sector pro on social media, whether it's from politics or from policy, maybe think about what they're doing and why they're doing it. It's in the public interest. So how might you become a social media influencer in the public sector? Well, I've been putting my thoughts together and I've kind of got a, a number of points here. First of all, they have real followers. They're not paid for, and you can check if somebody has paid for their followers. And they're not just followed by bots. You can't control if you're followed by bots, you can block them. But they are in the main followed by real people and you're trying to achieve at least over 85%. They're achieving an engagement rate of over 2% on the main social networks, so Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. And then if and when they join TikTok, TikTok, they're probably achieving an engagement rate of over 10%. Their audience and their tribe is very responsive to their calls to action, their CTAs. So when they speak, their tribe listen, their tribe might advocate and share their content or even engage in conversation. But suffice to say, their tribe are there waiting for them to speak. They are influential among their peers. So they're looked upon by their peer group as somebody who has influence, who's willing to speak, who's willing to step up online and be visible. They also have a very consistent present. So it's not ad hoc. It's not when the PR manager says, you know what, you haven't done a video on Twitter in the past 30 days. I think it's time to do one. Instinctively, they know that they need to show up. Okay. Their content is in the public interest. They put the citizen at the center of what they say. They are mindful that if they're a politician, for example, you know, there's always an election around the corner and you need to mind your, your voter base. However, when you come from a place of putting the public interest and the citizen at the center of your social media content, this will differentiate you and this is how you win. The voice is authentic and that goes back to my previous point of being inspired to go online and to speak and to update your tribe on what's happening on key issues. Also, they're not afraid to show leadership in a crisis. They don't back away, they step up. Also, they might need to correct the record. So they're willing to interrupt the spread of disinformation and say what they have to say. They will also have strong search results. So when you Google a topic, for example, it might be data modeling around COVID-19 incidences in, in Galway in Ireland, for example, these individuals are coming up. And when I think about that example, I think about Professor Nolan, um, who does our, our, our data modeling for COVID-19 in this country. And so they're also commanding search. They're commanding Google and YouTube and not just commanding social. So we know that the internet is split into two halves. This is a crude way of looking at it. Search on one hand, social on the other. And then finally, they are followed with interest by journalists because journalists know that in their tweets, there is probably a news story, okay? It's probably not the main motivation for why they're on social, but journalists will be following them with interest and, and really see 
that they are vocal and that they're willing to speak um, and, and not hide away in the background. So they are my consulting tips on how you can become a social media influencer if you work in government and public sector. Again, it's a divisive topic. Not everybody is going to agree with me. That's absolutely fine. But if you want to continue the conversation, uh, let's talk on Twitter. Great platform for conversation and debate. And you can follow me at JS Tweets Digital. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. So in order to demonstrate what I mean by social media influence in government and public sector, I've got three case studies to share with you. Uh, these are three individuals who I believe are leading out in their sector, um, who I follow, who I take a keen interest on, who kind of always pop up in my newsfeed. So the first case study is from education. And this is Siobhan Magner's LinkedIn profile. So it's her personal profile, but obviously she's leveraging it for professional purposes. And she is the National Programme Manager for Sales Apprenticeships um, at Mayo Sligo and Leitrim Education and Training Board. This post in particular gained a reach of almost 5,000 and resulted in a, a media article being published. And what Siobhan really demonstrates through her LinkedIn presence is that she knows that it's really important to speak to a business audience. She wants to promote the sales apprenticeships that are now studying with MSL ETB, but who shortly will be stepping out to the workforce and trying to look for an internship, an apprenticeship. And she wants to showcase what they're learning and how valuable they will be to industry and she does this every single day without fail not only is she posting but she really has captured the imagination of other people in her sector she's always sharing and being an advocate for her colleagues within msl etb but also within the broader further and higher education sector in ireland so if you don't already Go and connect with Siobhan Magner on LinkedIn and you can tell her that Joanne sent you. The next case study that I'm going to look at is one that I've touched on earlier and that is Minister Simon Harris. He's the Minister for Further and Higher Education Research, Innovation and Science within the Irish Government. Brand new portfolio since 2020, brand new office. And even though Minister Harris is, does not hold the health portfolio, he continues to speak to us on Instagram. You can see that I've taken a, a screenshot from his Instagram account. If you're listening on the podcast, go follow him on Instagram. And he is amassing regularly over 30,000 views. And in one video recently got 46,000 views. Say what you want about a politician using Instagram to take us behind the scenes and to engage with us. 
But even anecdotally, I speak to my colleagues, family and friends, and I ask them, do you follow Minister Simon Harris? And more often than not, they say they do. And then I ask them what, what they feel about it. And they say they feel really grateful that he's showing up, he's engaging, um, and it's not really a, a political rant or you know, a, a political speech. It's, it's more human. And that really is what Instagram is all about. And 18 months ago, I had a conversation on this very topic with Jenny O'Mahony from Facebook and Instagram. And she said that public figures were migrating to Instagram for that behind the scenes content because it was appreciated by their followers. And the third case study comes from policing. And this is the Twitter account of Antoinette Cunningham, who is the General Secretary of the Association of Guard Sergeants and Inspectors. Antoinette holds great influence in her sector. She represents over 2,000 middle-ranking Guardi in the country of Sergeant and Inspector rank. Um, and when she tweets, she gets interactions. She also keeps a very close eye on what is happening, especially throughout COVID-19, in other police forces in Northern Ireland, in England, Scotland and Wales, and further afield, just to see best practice and keeping her colleagues up to date. So again, um, if you're not following Antoinette on Twitter, go and do so. So three case studies. Honestly, guys, I could have filled this show with any amount of case studies. It's not always about the vanity number the followers, the friends, the subscribers, the connections. It is really about your influence, that when you speak, people listen, that you show up consistently and that you care about the public interest and you come from a place of the citizen at the centre and what I like to call social media for good. So use the hashtag, you'll see me using it, social media for good. It would be remiss of me not to give a mention to Angarda Shihana, who really won social media this week. They were challenged by the Swiss police force to take on the Jerusalem challenge. And guess what? They did it with gusto. And I'm going to play the video. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you go and check it out on Angarda Shihana's Facebook page. And I want to give a shout out to um, my good friend and comrade in the world of digital, Stephen McDonough, who's a handy cameraman work, is responsible for that video. So well done, Stephen. When I saw it yesterday, I absolutely knew it was your work. So let's have a look. <laughs> Jerusalem, Ikayalami, Ilondoloze, Uhambenami, Zungangishilana, Jerusalem, Ikayalami, Ilondoloze, Uhambenami, Zungangishilana, Dawoyami, I call Anna, Busoami, 
Didn't that lift the mood of the nation this week? Just exactly what we wanted. And in Garda Honor are actually challenging all of us to try and replicate that dance. So get on Reels on Instagram, get on TikTok and make sure that you try and do it. Sure, it'll pass an hour. What I wanted to do before finishing up this show is to let you know that we have a brand new course being introduced and I am going to be delivering this live from March 19th. It is the Professional Diploma in Digital Marketing. I initially launched this program in 2018 and we had about 50 people graduate from it. Uh, at that stage, it was known as the Diploma in Digital Communication. So this is the, the redone and the updated Professional Diploma in Digital Marketing for Government and Public Sector. The nuances, the language, the tactics, the strategy, and everything that you prepare and implement in terms of digital marketing for your sector is very different to the commercial sector. And that's why I've developed the program. So it starts on Friday, the 19th of March. It runs for 12 weeks. It will be delivered live for two and a half hours on Friday afternoons. And let me go through the the modules very, very quickly. So a digital marketing strategy for government and public sector. I will give you every element that you need to put into a digital marketing strategy. You'll also get the template to work from. Then we go straight into developing a social media strategy for a government agency, followed by managing a crisis on social. Module four teaches you how to amplify public interest messaging with pay-per-click advertising. And module five, puts a razor sharp focus on content marketing for government agencies. Halfway in at module six, we talk about digital storytelling techniques because digital storytelling is absolutely key on every digital platform, internal, external, and web and social. Module seven talks about disruption and transformation and how to move your department or your agency or even your team from traditional PR to agile digital communications. In module eight, we're going all out on video with how to integrate social and live video into your communications plan. Module nine is the role of email marketing and public service communications, really underutilized in my view in your sector, but it's a real opportunity 
for great public engagement. Module 10, how to measure success. So this is where we go deep on data analytics. Module 11, redefining communications roles. This is where we look at work practices and processes, and I will give you all of mine. And then finally, all the tools, apps, and software that you might need to implement an effective digital marketing strategy for government and public sector. So as I said, it starts on March 19th. You can register now if you want to get on a call with me and find out more. Make sure that you get in touch after the show. With every show, I do have a free resource. In some episodes, there's more than one. In this episode, I am sharing with you my blog post on how to become a social media influencer in 10 steps. So if you go to publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash podcast and you see episode one, you will find that blog post there. So guys, we're almost at the end of the debut episode. I really hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope I've whetted your appetite to subscribe and to rate and review and to tune in every single week. What I would love you to do is to share with one public sector pro you know, and together we can raise awareness of this new show that I'm putting hours and hours of work into. Just a quick reminder, don't forget that there's a prize up for grabs every week, win our weekly gift box. It's three of my books. It's our notebook, our pen, and our social media for good face mask, and also 50% off a course of your choice. I want to thank everyone who helped me put the show together in planning, in production, in design, um, and making sure that we were able to go live on two platforms today. I'd really love your feedback. Please do subscribe to the show. It's only by having you follow and watch um, that we can actually grow our numbers. So from me, your host, Joanne Sweeney, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'll see you on the next show. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate and review on your favorite podcast platform.